Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dante in a Year podcast. My name is Danny Fitzpatrick. Over the last few conti, we've worked our way through the circle of the violent, and today, in Canto 16, we'll come to the edge of the pit of fraud, where the monster Gerion will meet Dante and Virgil. Now I was there where I heard the rumbling of the water that falls into the other gyre, as the hum that the hive makes. When three shades together parted, running, from a throng that passed under the reign of the harsh martyrdom. They came against us, and each one cried, Stay, you who by habit seem to be one of our depraved land. Oh my, what plague I saw on their limbs, recent and old, incensed by the flames. Remembering them now, I still sense the pain. My teacher attended to their cries. He turned his face toward me and said, Now wait, one ought show courtesy to these, and if not for the flame the nature of the place fires, I'd say that hurry steads you better than them. They recommenced as we rested, their ancient verse, and when they joined us, the three made of themselves one wheel. As champions on the verge of battle, nude and anointed, awaiting their hold and their advantage, before they trade beatings and blows, So rotating, each directed his visage to me, so that his neck turned back as his feet continued their passage. And one began, If the misery of this soiled place and our tinted, broiled aspect place us and our prayers in contempt, may our fame bend your soul to tell us who you are, that living feet bear you so securely through the inferno. This one, whose steps you see me pace, though he goes naked and skinned, was of a greater grade than you'd believe. He was the grandson of the good Gualdrada. Guido Guerra was his name, and in his life he worked with certain sense and with the sword. The other, who presses the minced sand, is Tegiaio Aldobrandi, whose voice ought to have been uplifted in the world. And I, who am placed with them on the cross, was Jacopo Rusticucci, and certainly my bestial wife harmed me more than any other. If I had been covered against the fire, I would have hurled myself among them below, and I believe the teacher would have suffered it. But because I'd have cooked and burned, fear conquered my good will, which made me greedy to embrace them. Then I commenced, not disdain, but pain fixed your condition within me such that only slowly will it all depart. As soon as my master spoke that word to me, I thought that such kinds of men as you were coming. I am of your land, and always I've heard your works and your honored names depicted with affection. I leave the sour and seek for sweet fruits promised to me by the truthful leader. But before then I'll come in the end to the center. That your spirit long conduct your members, that one responded, and your fame shine after you. Say whether courtesy and valor dwell in our city as once they did, or if they've all pierced her in departing. For Guglielmo Borsiere, who mourns with us for a bit, goes there with our company and excruciates us with his words. The new people and their sudden prophets have produced such pride and excess in you, O Florence, that already you keep weeping. 
So I cried with a lifted face, and the three who took it as response looked one to the other as those that regard the truth. If the other times it cost you so little, they all replied, to satisfy them, happy are you who speak from your place. So if you'd live beyond these dark places and return to see once more the lovely stars, when you will rejoice to say, I was, speak of us to the people. Then they broke the wheel and fled so that their svelte legs seemed wings. And a man could not have been said so swiftly as they disappeared, at which my master seemed ready to depart. I followed him, and we'd gone on but a bit when the sound of the water was so near that to speak we would have heard with pain. As that stream that takes its ways first from Mount Viso to the east, from the left slope of the Apennines, that is called Aquaquete up there, before it devolves into its low bed and is emptied of that name at Forli, resounds there above San Benedetto of the Alps to cascade in one descent where a thousand should have been received. So down from a dizzying bank that stained water rushes to resound, so that now for a bit our ears were overwhelmed. I had a cord cinched about me, and with it I'd once thought to take the leopard with the painted pelt. After I'd released myself, as the leader had commanded me, I gave it to him wound and raveled. Then he turned to the right side and pitched it some length from the shore down into that deep abyss. And surely some new wonder will respond, I said within myself, to the novel signal that the master seeks out with his eye. Ah, how cautious men should be concerning those that don't see deeds alone, but pierce our very thoughts with their sense. And he to me, soon will come from below that which I await and you have dreamed. Soon it will come uncovered to your sight. Always to that truth that has the face of falsehood should a man shut his lips if he is able, for that without fault may still give shame. But here I can't keep silent, and on the notes of this comedy, reader, I swear to you that you be not far from grace, that I saw through that thick and shadowed air a figure that came swimming, marvelous to the surest heart, as he comes who has gone down some time to free the anchor that's grasped a rock or some other thing shut within the sea, who stretching for the surface draws up his feet. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Dante in a Year podcast. Please remember to subscribe and share, and I'll be back Friday with Dante's Inferno, Canto 17.